going on, people? People forget that podcast, episode 36, with, as always, your boy Ryan, and joining me, as always, Kevin. What's poppin', Kevin? What's going on? Happy to be here. Yeah, so we got NBA playoffs started this week. Um, we just had probably the best game uh, of the of the slate or all the slates today. All the slates. Yeah, all the Every slate. slate. Every single last slate. Uh, Mavericks, Clippers, Luka Doncic, probably the greatest player of all time. I don't even know if you can debate it anymore after that shot. I mean, you just like, <laughs> what's amazing is that the confidence that he has because he airballed a, a th- the three right before, like really badly. Yeah, like one really of the worst badly. air balls you'll ever see. It was like, whoa. And then next thing you know, uh, down one. Down one and a – he's down one and down one game in the series. A uh, couple seconds left. He gets the ball. Step back. 35-footer. Drains the shot. Just amazing. And this is all after – um, he couldn't walk the, like he, he exited the game early limping to the locker room. It was really weird. Were you watching the clip of him limping to the locker room? No one was helping him. He was like on one leg. He, and- he, he went like ahead of there. They had like somebody, a doctor or whoever personnel came on the court when it just it happened right away. But then Luca like just sped ahead of them, like hopping on his, like a pogo stick on one leg. He just yeah. ran ahead of them. Yeah. So I, I was like, when I saw that, I was like, oh man, like he's no way he ma- he makes the next game and comes back and they were, they were uncertain about playing him. They wasn't, weren't sure. They're like, oh, we're concerned for his health, blah, blah, blah. And you know, you would think it would linger and maybe it was, I have no idea. It had to be like, you can't recover that quickly. Um, playing such a rigorous sport and this man drops 43, 17, and 13 with a game-winning shot with his team down a game against arguably the best team in the NBA. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty fucking impressive. And, I mean, he's just amazing to watch. Also, he didn't have uh, Chris Zingas. Like, uh, Zingas was out with a, a sore knee. Like, he, he couldn't, couldn't finish it. So, I mean... That's it. Doesn't get any more impressive for Luca, and he's twenty-one. This is his first playoff series. I keep going. There's just like things that keep popping up. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he did this and that. Um, he's just breaking like all sorts of records. It's only been three games, but these three games are against the the four best. Games, the best. Four games. Four games. Four games. Um. Yeah, it's been against like the best of the best. It's not like, you know, I mean, like, you know, playoffs are playoffs, but I mean, if Giannis was doing this against like the Magic, it's a little bit different, but he's doing it against the Clippers as an underdog. And that's what you like, that's what a superstar is made of. It's like that that guy who can who's in, who has like a lesser team but can bring them up and, you know, win the game for them and help them all succeed. Like everyone's everyone was hitting on all cylinders. We saw like Trey Burke get some action, Tim Hardaway. Um, it was, it was really enlightening and it's not even like the Clippers were playing bad. Like they were just 
exchanging shots. It was it was awesome. It was just a great game in general. No one was missing. Except Paul George, of course. Playoff P. Yeah, he was gone. I actually you forget he was even on the court, <laughs> except when he would miss like a layup. Then you're like, oh shit, yeah, there he is. Uh Mr. Forty five minutes and nine points on like ten percent shooting. Awful. <laughs> not great. Not great. Um, no. Yeah, I, I mean, so yeah, Luca forty three, seventeen, and thirteen. I mean, I don't know what the hell that stat line is. And like you said, he's getting guarded by Paul George, Kawhi, you know, Marcus Morris. He's not. It's not like it's um. You know, we could get to the Lakers and, and LeBron, but you know, LeBron's getting guarded by Carmelo and you know and Mario Hazonia and <laughs> and Gary uh, Gary Trent Jr. So it's like, you know, it's just unreal. It's unreal. I don't, I don't. So it's two two. You know, probably if we had to bet, are the, are the Clippers probably going to win the series? Probably. I mean, we'll have to see what happens with Porzingis. Like you said, he had right knee soreness, so hopefully that that heals up. Um, and yeah, I mean, the the Mavericks are just they they were the greatest offense in NBA history during the regular season, so it, it's not a surprise that they could score. It's just, I mean, it was like you said, it was super impressive. Like both teams, yeah, Paul George was struggling, but Kawhi was hitting shots. Lou Will, I, you know, I hate really watching his game to oh, be honest, man. but he's making every single shot. I think what did he have like thirty six yeah. or thirty eight points on like twenty shots or something? That's like your James yeah. Harden stat line. I think he had 30, 30 on like 13 of 20. Let me see. We pull up the stat line, but basically no, I think it was higher. Efficient. It was, it was upper thirties. He had 36 on 20 shots. <laughs> yeah. That's... And, and he, I mean, Reggie Jackson hit like an insane step back three. They were down eight points with like two minutes left. Reggie Jackson hits like a step back three in the corner. Then he makes a save uh, out of bounds, throws it to Kawhi. Kawhi pulls up on the fast break for three, nails it. It was just a really good game. I don't know. I mean, Luca. That's that's for him to go to the step. He's not even like you said the confidence. He's not even a good three point shooter by percentage wise, and he just pulled a step back. He got the shot that he wants, and he just nails it. It was just amazing. And he, it's crazy because he he really isn't. Obviously, he's huge. I think he's like six seven. Yeah. So that helps him out a lot. He seems to be super strong because I don't know if I mentioned this on. No, I definitely didn't mention on another pod, but it was interesting. I think Rosillo mentioned it on multiple pods. Uh, and it was funny because I noticed the same play in one of these games. I think it, let's say maybe it was game two, I want to say. Luca was driving to the basket and Kawhi was guarding him. And Luca did like that shoulder, you know, barge, whatever you want right. to call it. And and literally Kawhi like left his feet. Like he he put, he lifted Kawhi off his feet and Kawhi like flew back and all we ever hear about Kawhi is like how he's like the strongest player and I'm not doubting that I'm just saying that's when it sort of clicked to me like how the hell does Luca always get to the exact spot he wants he's six foot seven and he's just must be like a brick house because he always just dribbles to the basket he gets like 90 percent of the way there and then yeah he just leans his shoulder forward and sort of leans back and then just shoots a short little layup off the glass like it's very rare I mean it it's not rare, I shouldn't say, but it's like 50-50 whether he blows by his guy and gets all the way to the rim or he has to pull up short, but it doesn't even matter. He scores any regardless. Like he had a crazy uh, spin move to a layup to, I think, tie the game maybe or put the Mavericks up too yep. late in OT. It's just – That Euro step on Paul George was too. was insane. Oh, man. It wasn't even – it's like a Euro step. We all know what a Euro step like looks like, but that was like – 
it was so, the distance that he covered was so far. Like he basically hopped across the lane. Oh my god! I think god. it was nine feet. Nine feet. Yeah, you're right. They 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 showed it on the broadcast. So I mean, it's a. Uh, it's I don't know I don't know what our predictions actually were for this series. I think maybe Clippers in six. I I, I should have uh, I was looking at I mean hindsight's twenty twenty, but I did in the back of my mind I wanted to say like you know the Mavs have this firepower, but I guess you figure maybe the Clippers defense could just shut them down. But I don't know. I mean Paul George has to step it up, man. He he just has to step it up. He's being called pandemic P uh, on on the timeline. So well, you know that you know in the off season. In like a month or two after, it's going to be Paul George needs surgery on his shoulder or that he was playing hurt. You know, the you know how it goes. You know, it's going to be some bullshit that he's hurt. And maybe he is. I have no idea. But if he's really hurt, if why is he playing 45 minutes a game? He's playing 45 minutes. Like, you don't play him for that long. And, you know, shout out to Montrez Harrell. Awful, awful. After uh, a bit of a controversial statement, he goes, puts up a monster stat line of two points and a rebound. Minus 19. He played, he got his plus minus is minus 19 and he played 17 minutes. Can you play any worse? Yeah, not, not, not great. I mean, not great. Jesus. Him and yeah, between him and Paul George, just terrible play. Lou Will balled out. Kwai. Kwai the underrated thing about Kwai's performance was that he only had two turnovers. And considering how much he gets the ball, same with Lou Will. Like considering how much they have the ball, that's you know, very um very efficient, you know, just protecting the ball. Luca had seven, but I mean that's you know, everything else overlooks that. Like obviously that's not really something to be worried about just because he's just amazing and he has the ball in his hand the entire time. And I mean, the rest of the guys that he has on the team, I mean, Tim Hardaway, Trey Burke, Finley Smith, Kid Giltress, uh, Jackson, Bobin, Brea, Curry. Like these aren't, no one you could say is even a potential star. They're just all role players. Like this is just like without Zingas, it's just a one man show. And, you know, he willed his way and beat these Clippers. It's just really very impressive. Very impressive. Um, Awesome game. And, you know, I think the Clippers still, I I just don't see Kawhi losing in the first round after what we've seen. And I don't care how bad Paul George is. Kawhi just won't let that happen. I think, I th- they'll probably win the next two, honestly. And and I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I mean, Kawhi is like, he's just so good. It's it's <laughs> unreal. It, he's sort of similar to Luca in terms of he just get wherever he wants to go, he just gets that spot, and then he just rises up from like twelve feet, and he makes it basically every. I feel like he shoots eighty percent on like pull up jump shots. They both, they're both their their favorite move is just uh, drive and give the defender a little bit of a shoulder to get that space and then a little bit of fade away or like, you know, a little jump hook or floater. And, you know, they're so efficient goes in every single time and they could, that's sort of like go to move. And we were talking about this before um, the pod, how Paul George doesn't really have a go to move. Like you see, 
the superstars of the NBA, they all have, you know, a couple, a couple go-to moves. Harden, um, like we just said, Kawhi and Luka, LeBron always can, you know, pull some strings. Uh, they have, you know, a little playbook that they could just go to. Like Paul George, he doesn't have the best handles. He's not the best off the dribble shooter. You know, he, he gets his points, you know, driving to the lane and just like, you know, hitting. He's play. a great shooter, though. He's a great three-point shooter. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a great three-point shooter. Look it up, bro. People people are being a little carried away, getting a little carried away with the Paul George slander, I would say. So, was he? You're saying he's a career 40% Three-point shooter? I'm, I'm saying that for the past. Playing great. What? Uh, yeah, I'm saying upper 90s, low 40s on high volume. That would be great. Upper 90s? His career, he's 38% on six threes per game. That is good. And and if you look at um, if you look at just like, I'll just go through him real quick. 2015, he shot 41% on uh, right around. I'm just going to round up. 41% on four threes. Okay. 2016. No, 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 that's that's field goal percentage. No, no, no. I, I'm looking at it now. I'm on oh, basketball okay. reference. Four, 2014 to 15. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty. So yeah, exactly. 2015. He shot 41 percent on four. That was on six. That was six games, though. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, scratch that. Okay, we're starting with 2016. No, uh, no. 37 percent on seven threes. You now you okay? That's a high volume amount of threes, but. It, it's a li- that I, I wouldn't say that's, that's great. Good. It's good. That's good. That would be good sure. territory. Uh, then 2017, 39% on six and a half threes. Now we're officially moving towards great territory. Then uh, first year with the Thunder, 40% on eight threes per game. That is great. That's great. Last year with the OKC, 39% on 10 threes. That's great. This yep. year, 41% on eight threes. So it's weird. He doesn't really have that reputation, but because earlier in his career, he was more sort of like, like you said, good, like good, pretty good. But no, he's really become like a great three point shooter. It's just, I don't know. He does, he does. He, he almost, it's like, that's the thing. Why isn't he scoring more? Because, like, no idea. He, I no idea. like, when you think about Paul George, you think like, uh, tall, lanky, like athletic. Like, I did say, like, he doesn't have the best handles, but he has good handles and that he could, you know, drive and, you know, create a shot for himself. Like, handles for like a small forward or not that even yeah. positions for a wing. Like his handle is not an issue for a wing. I mean, he, I don't know. I can't really explain it. I saw somebody tweet that he uh, isn't very good in ISO situations, which I think you mentioned earlier, like a, a minute or two ago, like yeah, off yeah. the dribble in isolation. So I think I, cause I think somebody uh, uh, tweeted that. And that, I think that that kind of checks out. Cause it's like, he, you know, yeah, okay, every once in a while he will drive to the basket. Every once in a while he'll pull up from three or catch and shoot three. But it's very rare that you see him like, you know, four or five, six dribbles, back a guy down, turn around jumper, like the Kawhi. We see Kawhi every, like we just said, his Kawhi takes four or five dribbles. He, he's at the elbow. He pulls up, boom, makes it every time. Paul George doesn't really do that. He doesn't really have like any moves. Like when you think about Paul George, like what move do you think of? Like, he doesn't really do a lot of Euro steps to my mind. He doesn't really do a lot of turnaround jumpers. It's just like catch and shoot threes off the dribble threes, or like, I'm just going to try to get all the way to the basket and hope that I make a layup or I get fouled. Yeah. And what's really interesting is that his three point shooting is like really good last three years, but his field goal percentage is below average. So, 
so when you and when you watch him it seems like you know if he has like a clear shot to the lane he's going to take it but if he doesn't you know he'll pass it off which kind of is why his shot attempts are a little bit lower more in like the high teens instead of the low 20s but then you would think he'd be more efficient but he's not so I, I feel like he it's sort of counterintuitive but i feel like he has to be more aggressive it's like from you know if you're let's say he doesn't really take over it feels like yeah and it's like if you're if you're somebody like lebron or even someone like Kawhi or even someone like luca it could be like halftime and you could have you know you know 10 points but it's not like a cause for concern because everyone knows like all right when they want to turn it on they're going to turn it on and they could have the confidence of like, I know I'm a great scorer. I know I can put up points whenever I want. Whereas I feel with some someone like Paul George, he gets to halftime with like six points and probably in the back of his head, he's like, oh man, I'm struggling. I'm not having a good game. It's like, dude, you can't let it get to the point where like it's a halfway through the co- third quarter and you have eight points. Like he should be going hard because then the floodgates will open. If he has a first quarter where he scores 12 points, then he's going to get the confidence. Then he's going to get flowing. He doesn't, he doesn't have the luxury that a superstar offensive player has to sort of ease their way into the game and all oh, they'll go off for 20 points in the third quarter. Like, I feel like he needs a confidence boost, which you you need to see the ball go in the basket a couple of times. He's not, not just going to, oh, I have six points halfway through the third quarter. Now I'm going to go off for 18 points in a row right here because I feel like he doesn't have that confidence on offense. He, I mean, if you think about it, like you said, in terms of his efficiency and in terms of shots per game, like for his career, he, he's like – you know, with, on the now obviously this is kind of skewed because he he for the first like two years of his career he was a role player, but like on the Pacers he's like fourteen uh, shots a game. On the Thunder he's like nineteen. This year with the Clippers he's like sixteen. But last year the best season of his career he's at twenty one, and that was with Westbrook on the team. So I don't want to hear like oh there's not enough shots to go around. Like come on man, like attack, like take twenty shots a game. You're you're gonna break out of your slump eventually. And we, he needs to be scoring like 25 a game. And the only way he's going to do that is if he's aggressive. He's not just going to walk into 25 points a game. Paul George is the same guy who uh, got a stripper pregnant, his girlfriend, and then paid her a million dollars to get an abortion. And then got her pregnant again. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there some story that I feel like got completely swept under the rug with Dwayne Wade too? With Dwayne Wade? Yeah, you remember that? No. Like, yeah, dude, look look it up. What? Like look, with a stripper? Yeah, look up oh, Dwayne Wade stripper. Strippers are a problem with these athletes, man. I guess so. Look up. Uh, and also, there was also something with Carmelo, too. Oh, my God. Or maybe she wasn't uh, well, first, yeah, a first alleged you- mistress. No, but that's all the way from 2013. No, nah, this was on Twitter. This was like a, a news story for sure. Are you sure it wasn't mellow? No, I know. I know it was. I know. Oh, here we go. You have to. No, I don't know, man. I think they might have. I think he might have paid Google to scrub it from the web. That honestly, that's a thing. That so has to be a thing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they definitely have connects. Because, oh, yeah. No, this. I mean, I can't. Like I said, I can't find it. Like you're saying he I'm telling you that it happened because I, I, I remember it being a story. I mean, it was also a story with Carmelo, too. Uh, yeah. Dwayne yeah, Wade cheated Gabrielle Union. How Carmelo? Look at that. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Look up Dwayne Wade cheated Gabby. Or, or Dwayne Wade cheated Gabrielle Union. Whatever you want to. Yeah, it comes up. 
Gabby. Days after NBA star Dwayne Wade announced he has a love child and not with Dwayne Wade announced he has a love child and not with fiance Gabrielle Union. He's facing more controversy and is allegedly he cheated on Union during the relationship on the Tonight Show. He admitted this on the Tonight Show. Really? Okay, I didn't know that part of the story. What the hell is going on out here? This is just like the top Google. Um. Yeah, the top Google. Don't you see that? Like, literally, I I typed in Dwayne Wade cheated Gabrielle, and literally the first thing that comes up on Google is uh, on the Tonight Show. But I mean, Dwayne Dwayne's a weird person. He's um, a weirdo. But your point is, Paul George. Yeah, it's like he. I don't know. It seems okay. Yeah. So what the what the uh, what's our takeaway from this? The summary is that he is mentally soft. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could, I mean, he he does sort of play that way because why are you like he's floaty? He's very like floaty. He's very like I'm out on the perimeter. I'm just sort of a ghost out there. And then you sort of like you said, you forget he's even out there for ten minutes. And then oh wait, he has the ball, and then he throws up a brick. Totally opposite of. Um, the guy at the other end of the wing, Kwai, who is just a, he's a stone wall, um, mentally Kawhi and physically. Kawhi's just a killer, man. He's literally just he's a killer. Literally just a, he's literally a killer. He could be killing people and we wouldn't know. Like Probably. Like, we have no idea. Like that guy. Doesn't, he doesn't even do it to be like a murderer. He just does it. Like he didn't even know that wasn't allowed. Like, yeah, he, he's just he, like oh. someone cuts him off on the highway or something. He like rams him off the road and just murders them. But he didn't even know like that. He just thought that's what everybody Oof. did. Like, you're just Oof. supposed to take out your enemies, right? It's like no, nah, Kawhi. I mean, on the basketball court, sure, but in reality, that's not actually allowed, dude. He's like, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's Man. great. I mean, do we? I think we do. I mean, so it's two two right now. It's good that we have a series like that because a lot of these series uh, are. Trash. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I didn't watch. I was watching the Champions League earlier today, so I didn't even watch uh, the Champions League final. I didn't even watch Sixers Celtics. Like, I'm not going to waste my time with point. this 3-0 team. You know, so they got swept. The Sixers got swept. Yeah, I mean, I mean Embiid played big though. Like this whole series, he can't really. He's. I know he's always a hot rod, but this wasn't really his fault. Yeah, well, he's not in the hot seat. It's the other two, uh, Tobias and Al. Oh God. But I, mean, it, I think we were ahead of the curve, man. Elton Brand oh, no. has been trending on Twitter for the past like few days. He's trended multiple times in the past week. Who is Elton Brand? Oh yeah, yeah. Multiple yeah. times in the past week, he's been trending on Twitter. People have. How about? The, how about? Oh God! How much do I love that? The meme that I sent you uh, from <laughs> Uncut yeah. Gems of, oh, <laughs> of Adam Sandler. It's so perfect. perfect. It's perfect. it's unbelievably good. It's just well for people listening. It's a part where. Uh, so obviously KG and Adam Sandler are talking and whatever about some bet that Adam Sandler is going to place. And the Celtics were in the 2012 playoffs, which was the movies covering it. Uh, they're playing the Sixers who Elton Brand was on that team at that time. And Adam Sandler is trying to hype up KG. And he's like, doesn't that make you want to fucking break Elton Brand's fucking neck? And it's just <laughs> such a great, re- like there's so many Sixers fans on Twitter, like, Al Horford and Tobias Harris are owed $300 million over the next four <laughs> years. And they just tweet out that fucking video clip. It's so funny. It's so funny. I mean, I said as soon as that contract signed, more so with Al Horford, 
that the Sixers will be good for the first year or two. They won't be championship, but they'll be, you know, decent. But then they're going to get fucked year three, four, and five, which is exactly what they're seeing now. So I have a great idea. I have a great plan. All right. I'm going to fix the Sixers right now on this podcast. Okay. Exclusive. People forget that exclusive. Exclusive. Right. Exclusive. So what they should do, fire Elton Brand, hire a analytics driven GM. Possibly trade, rhymes with Pam Pinky. Trade everyone. Start over. Tank, get some good draft picks. Literally start the process completely over. <laughs> Boom. It worked before. I think maybe the fans, it's funny if they, what do you think Hinky would do if they hired him again? Obviously this would never happen, but like, what do you think he would do? Would he trade one of Embiid or Simmons? Oh, oh, you're saying if he, okay. So if he he actually got the job. Yeah, Elton, they fire Elton Brand. Somehow they say, Hinky, we're bringing you back in to clean up this mess that we caused. What, What do you think he would do? So, um... Since I'm like more, I'm a numbers guy. So I would say that I would trade if I was, so if I was like in Hanky's position, I would trade, I would trade him, everyone except Ben, because Ben's the, Ben's young and Embiid's a little bit older, but Ben, I mean, uh, Embiid is a little bit more injury prone. And right now, I mean, obviously Ben is technically not healthy. So Embiid is healthy. Uh, trade him now, get a quality package. You're gonna have to give up. <laughs> you'll probably have to give up the thing. That's the thing. The picks that you get for Embiid, you're gonna have to give up to trade Harris and Horford. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of whatever player you end up getting for um, Joel, that's that's it. You don't get any picks for that. So you're kind of fucked. But like you can't. They're gonna be in the middle of the pack. They're not. They're, they're not, if they didn't do it this year or last year, really, when they had Jimmy, um, they're not. They're just not going to do it. Al Horford never... isn't getting any better. No, he's not going to get. By the way, better. Tobias Harris isn't going to get better either. No. Um, and what I, I since this is just on my mind, I did see. I don't know if this is like Warriors Twitter or just like NBA Twitter, but I think it's someone, Warriors Twitter. Probably Warriors Twitter that. Someone they said like can the number two pick and Andrew Wiggins get Joel Embiid? Okay, so a couple things. One, you're out of your mind. Joel Embiid is can actually be the best player on a championship. Like he can actually do that, which is very rare. There's you know maybe seven guys you could say that about. Which maybe I'm not sure if that seems like a lot or a little, but it's very rare. Like you can't win a championship without one of those guys. Embiid checks that checks that box. The other thing is that why the fuck did the Warriors trade D'Angelo Russell now? Because if they're gonna, I don't understand why they're using Andrew Wiggins. Like maybe like like let's say what what package would you have? D'Angelo Russell in the number two pick or Andrew Wiggins in the, in the number two pick? I mean, I'd probably rather have Russell probably. It's not even. I don't even think it's close. I mean, Russell is younger, has more potential. But but uh, everyone agree. I think everyone agrees because that's why the Warriors got the T Wolves pick. But that's their pick, though. What? Their number two pick. No, next year the Warriors have the T Wolves pick. 
but it's not going to be that good. I mean, it's going to be good, man. You, I'm, I know you love D'Angelo Russell, but I'm telling you right now, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves are not making the playoffs next year. Who are they going to be better than in the West next year? I mean, who knows? It's going to be a clusterfuck. But what if they trade their pick this year? The, um, the Warriors? No, the, the Timberwolves, the number one pick. Oh, I totally forgot that the Tim. Oh, yeah, just for the for lottery purposes to catch everybody right. up. I totally is that what you've been talking about, and I've just been totally not responding. Oh, you just well, brought it up, okay? Because I totally forgot that the T Wolves have the number one pick. I yeah, so that's like the asset that they have because that's what they were. So basically, like they have, I have to look at um, what other pieces they have. Um, obviously they would definitely try to go for Devin Booker, but I don't think Booker's not value happening. Is, not happening. Yeah, it just increased. So I don't think that's going to happen, but they did say that they're open to trading that pick. And cause like the number one prospect is, uh, LaMelo. Yeah. It's like LaMelo, like Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman. It's like Anthony it's Edwards great, is not, I watched some of his highlights and, He's just he's just play he's he's just dumb as hell. Like the way he plays is just so dumb. Yeah, I can't speak on it because I've never watched him play. Um, but I just know like that. Listen, if I haven't watched him play, that means he's probably not going to be that good because I would would know about him. He didn't break through. Um, None of these guys really broke through. Well, Lamelo was in. Who knows if he would have I, been I, a well, sensation in, in March Madness or whatever? Yeah. But not that there even was March Madness. You couldn't not watch just because he is he gets so much publicity. Yeah. And he he does look pretty good sometimes. His, I don't know. His issue his issue is and I'm not gonna pretend I've been watching him play in Australia, but he he um from the highlights I've seen, he is also kind of like sneaky, really tall. Like I think he's six seven two. And he is an amazing passer, obviously just like Lonzo, but and he's a good ball handler, especially for his size. But it doesn't seem like he's necessarily killing it on defense. And also, even though he's like, I think, 73% from the line, he is sub 40%, I'm pretty sure, from the field and like sub 30% from three. So when you look at that free throw percentage, it gives you hope that he could be like a decent three-point shooter. But like you can't have a point guard who shoots you know, 39% from the field and shoots 27% from three. And he shoots like six threes a game, I want to say, in Australia. Like, So I'm actually extremely interested to see how he translates to the NBA. Um, but yeah, I mean, to the point of of the, like, what trades and, and draft picks, it's like, even forget Embiid. Like, why? I wouldn't trade Ben Simmons for the, for the Warriors pick this year. What are the Warriors have the number two pick? I want to trade Ben Simmons for the number two pick and Andrew Wiggins. Why the hell would I want Andrew Wiggins on my team? Like why the hell the reason why the Warriors and I'm sure the Warriors are convinced they could and I wouldn't be shocked if if Wiggins sort of turns his career around and plays like a good role in the Warriors because he's not going to be asked to do much. But there's a reason why the Warriors uh got the T Wolves draft pick in that trade. All right. Because the the only way that T Wolves are going to get rid of him is if they attach some good stuff to him so i don't know the sixers man it's just so it's honestly like a basketball tragedy because they had ben and joel and we've been over this a bajillion times they don't fit well but you know they did almost beat the raptors last year and you so you could say maybe the tobias harris trade but 
it wasn't like I hated the Tobias. The Tobias Harris trade was like them sort of pushing. I think we talked about this before, but I can't remember if it was before or after the Jimmy Butler trade. I think it was before. Uh, now, now I think it might've been after, but the point is once, once they, that's like, they're pushing their assets into the table. I just feel like if you want to do that for Jimmy Butler, I'm all on yeah. board. Definitely. They should have re-signed him. That there, there was recently an article Chris Haynes put out after this that they said the Sixers told Jimmy we'll give you a max contract, but you can't go visit any other teams. What the hell type of process is that? You either are willing to give him a max contract or not. What, right. what is the harm of saying if you want to come back to us for a max contract, we're happy to have you. Let him go visit the Heat, go visit whatever other team. And then if he wants to sign with you guys, then he'll sign with you guys. But if you're telling him Jimmy Butler of all people, number one, with his personality, you're saying we'll give you a max contract, but you can't go visit any other teams. Like, of course, he's going to be like, screw you. So like I'm, my, my whole long winded point is I could see a, a Ben Simmons Embiid, Jimmy Butler, plus other stuff really working out well. I, I They blew it, man. They blew it. It's like yeah. they they like wouldn't you rather have two role players wouldn't you rather have Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid and two role players than than uh, Tobias Harris? You, you know, flexibility. Like they trade Landry Shaman. Landry Shaman's playing on the Clippers. Uh, is he an all-star? No, but he, he's a spot-up shooter. Could the Sixers use some some knockdown shooters? Yeah, they could. It's just and they still would have had pieces like they still would have had pieces to make a trade. So it's it's uh I mean they really it's it's if you want to rank the the blame in terms of who deserves the blame, I would go Sixers ownership number one because they allowed, they assassinated Sam Hinkie, number one, and they allowed the NBA to basically push Brian Colangelo on them. Okay, so Sixers ownership. If you're the owner of the team, you have to take full responsibility. You can't pass it off to, that's part of the owner. You got all the upside, you get to be the billionaire, you need to take responsibility. Then second, I would put, as crazy as it is to say, I would probably put Elton Brand second. Um, and then I put Brian Colangelo third and probably Adam Silver like fourth. Uh, but like you think about it, uh, Brian Colangelo trading up to take faults. Oh God. I, I think it's like a tie between brand. Like, what do you think is worse? The, the Sixers trading up to get faults instead of Tatum or signing trading assets for Horford and signing him to a max contract and, signing Al Horford to a max. I almost as crazy as it is to sound because you just think Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Embiid next 15 years, that would be nasty. But isn't it, it's it's just sort of, that didn't put the nail in the coffin. Markel Fultz didn't like assassinate the, 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 the Sixers future, but trading for Tobias, maxing him and then signing Al Horford and giving him that contract, which I was in favor of at the time. So I can't even be like, oh, the Horford contract looks terrible or whatever. It does look terrible. You thought it did. Okay. I thought it was like, oh, this is going to work out. Awesome defense, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I think Ryan uh, Elton Brand might have done more damage to the Sixers than Colangelo because they still could have made it work after drafting Fultz. But you can't make it work anymore. Honestly, I didn't. I watched tape on bolts and i just didn't see anything special oh with really him. i thought he looked good i thought he looked I good. Know. I, I remember i remember asking him like why is this guy like projected to go number one you're just like watch some watch like you know his highlights he's awesome yeah and i saw it like he was quick but he's you know undersized he's not an excellent three-point shooter he doesn't have great athleticism 
Um, I just didn't really see it. I was like, okay, you know, we'll see how see how it goes. And you know, you know, Tatum obviously was you know a good prospect. He went you know what top three and yeah, he went three. third to the, to the Celtics. So it's not like he like kind of came out of nowhere. And he went but, to Duke, so that's the opposite of coming out of nowhere. Yeah, so I just didn't understand like the full type. Um, but the thing, so this is why I think that the Horford uh, trade or transaction is even worse because Horford showed clear decline um, in his last year with the Celtics. And he's not a, I, I never really considered him a true max player. I Let's put it this way. I would max him if he was 26, 27 years old. Since he was 31, 32, that's just a recipe for a disaster. This guy is relies on his defense. And you know what defense is? You It's you know athleticism and smarts. So he'll have the smarts, but he won't have the athleticism in a couple of years when he's, you know, uh, 34, 35, 36, 37 to utilize his smarts. And that's what we're seeing now. And, you know, he actually played okay today, but really like if you're, if you're paying him that much money, you need him to do so much more. And he just doesn't, you need, if you're going to pay, you're, you're going to use that max contract slot. You need to give, give it to like a game changer. Like he's not a game changer. Uh, like in his prime. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know if, if his contract is his contract. I know there's so many different rules it's with max. max. Is it a max? I thought it was like high twenties. Oh, it's a max baby. How- oh, I mean, it depends. It was a max when he was signed it. Okay. Um, like it's not like the super max where he's getting like 35 million or whatever. Right. Like he's not getting Jamal Murray money. Right. He's not getting Tobias Harris, which money. also I think is a bad contract. Um, but I guess we'll, We'll, uh, you know, talk about that maybe next week when Nuggets fucking lose. <laughs> um, but we'll, yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I just saw that Horford was obviously about to. It, it was it was already out of his prime. They're giving him so much money. It's not, and they need three point shooters. And you know, you could argue that you know he's a you know good three point shooter, but he, that's not really why you sign him. If you're, why are you signing a, a guy for that much money just to shoot threes? Like, yeah, yeah, he plays defense, but like, just get use that money and utilize it you know, elsewhere. Resign JJ Redick, keep Jimmy Butler, and like other guys to put around Joel Embiid. Like, you're trying to like force this core of like and this identity, but it's like it just didn't really. I just didn't really see it happening. And I just knew, I just knew, like it just wouldn't work for Horford. Tobias, I thought he would be fine. Like, no, like, I he was got, out he on that got, from day one. So I thought he would get. Um, so basically, he would have like the Joe Johnson type role, where it's kind he, of a good comparison. But Joe Johnson is better. But they have that vibe. So he's basically that. The whole thing is that you know he's overpaid, but he's not killing you, right? Like, right. he's like he'll, he'll get you like eighteen, six, and and four. And okay defense. Um, so it's like, all right, like, you know, we can, you know, obviously we're not getting like the value, but he's not killing, killing us. It was a bad contract just because he got the most money out of that entire free agency class, which was stupid. Um, 
or with the trade, like with the extension, whatever. Um, you know, because he's never been an all star. I don't think he's ever been an all star. Why do I feel like he made one all star in like the East with like the Pistons or something? Some he might have made it just that the year before because that's when he had like his breakout year. But even his breakout year, he wasn't like that's not who he is. Um, but I mean, I think Tobias is getting he's never a little made, bit. He's never made the All Star game, bro. All right, so he's never I'm made the All Star game. They gave him a max contract for a guy who's never made the All Star game. What yeah. the hell? What? But that's the thing. Like you look at his numbers, like you know where you're gonna get. You're gonna get twenty eight and three. And you know that's the thing is that he's only twenty seven years old, so. You know, it's not the worst contract. It's not giving a 32-year-old Al Horford five years and max money. You're giving a, at the time, 26-year-old who shot 43% from three and 40. He shot 40% from three for like five. No, not five years straight. This is all split up. Let's just yeah, with these, with these guys who get traded a lot, it's a nightmare. Basketball reference is a nightmare. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, he, I mean, he shot 40% on decent volume, five, five, three. So like, I mean, he's a decent three point shooter. So that's why I didn't mind him. Like his defense is mediocre. Yeah. He gets some rebounds. He can, you know, dish the ball a little bit and he'll score. Like he's a fine third option, but that's, that's, that is where the Al Horford money is where everything else goes to fix your problems, which is shooting, which is why they never addressed it. They could have gave like a let's say half that money to JJ Redick and the rest of it, like to three role players that have potential to shoot threes and play some defense. And then they will be in a, a, a much better position bearing everyone else's healthy. That means like the, the floor is spread out um, somewhat. I mean, obviously, the Embiid Simmons is always a controversial fit, but they're very talented. They can make it work enough. The key is just getting enough three-point shooters. Like, you put like Duncan Robinson. Oh my god! On that team, I mean, uh, think JJ Redick. Think about like what I think they could have brought back uh, Jimmy Butler and Tobias. So, and let's say they had to sacrifice JJ Redick. I wonder what this team looks like with Jimmy. Tobias, Ben, and Joel, but no JJ Redick. You know, obviously their offense would still probably be clunky as hell. And especially with the way Jimmy's shooting the three ball this year, their shooting would still be an issue. But now maybe, you know, I, I feel like that team's not going to lose in the first round, though. Now, maybe if, if Ben Simmons gets hurt, they still lose in the first round. But I feel like a lot went wrong when they let go of Jimmy. He was somebody they needed to like create. He was a closer for them. They could have easily, they could have beat the Raptors, no problem. They could have won the championship last year. They could have. They could have. They would have won the championship. I mean, who, they won. who knows if, I think that series against the, uh, the Bucks would have been an interesting series. But I mean, basically any team that made it to the finals was probably going to win considering what happened with KD. So, you know, it's just. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Cause like Jimmy Butler and Embiid and Simmons, I think they would have gave Giannis problems. And, you know, the Bucks got better this year. They were really good and the they were really good last year. But I think that they had a better team than the Raptors. But Kawhi just went off. Kawhi was just amazing. He was the best player in the league, hands down. Um, I mean he showed that. Like, you know, all the talk in the regular season was that Giannis is a new guy, but uh Kawhi 
quietly as he does shut those talks down and you know was pretty much the unquestioned best player in the league and that was it that was like that was like there's no arguing that like for sure he was the best player like he beat he beat Giannis so I mean it was hands down but you know it, it could have been a lot different if uh you know the Sixers pulled out of that series you know because they that's a good team I Jimmy Butler very underrated he's very he showed that he's very flexible. Um, you know, people may not like his leadership style. People didn't like Kobe's leadership style, which today is also his birthday. Rest in peace. Um, but listen, you know, sometimes like Kobe said, you need a, a little spark in the locker room to get them going. And I think that's, that's actually good for the Sixers because they're, I think Ben Simmons is, cares a little bit too much about what people think. Same with Embiid. Um, they're a little bit prima donna y. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I think Jimmy Butler is actually good for that team, but apparently, uh, talks coming out that Brett Brown and Jimmy didn't get along too well, or you know something along those lines. You know how how it goes when coach is about to get fired. And um, yeah, I mean, I I think it was a good team last year, and this year, once they lost Jimmy and JJ. That was those are two major hits. Like, and they did get um, Tybal is a great defender, but he can't shoot threes. Can't shoot threes, you know. So that's the thing. But he's so good, you kind of have to play him. But no one else could shoot threes, so it it handicaps like your offensive ability. So I mean, it's tough. It's tough. But like, listen, you know who the Sixers need to look at? Who? The Nets, the Nets, they had the worst situation in sports history, gave away the entire future, had no one, literally no one. There was no stars like we had Karras, but he wasn't like this dude was, uh, you know, just previously drafted and he had like two ACL surgeries. Like it was just like a lottery. It was literally a lottery shot. And, you know, he turned out, you know, very good. I wouldn't say an all star yet. He hasn't earned that yet okay but these are not i know you're going to go through the whole the whole uh origin story of the new jersey or the the brooklyn nets but it's not the the it's different positions the nets had no uh draft equity if we want to get fancy and call it that moving forward so they were screwed in that sense but it's not like did they have any huge contracts on the books what they had darren williams joe johnson Oh right, but what it did? What, KG, how did did they did they did D the worst contracts, dude? Did, did D contract just run out, or did they trade it to the Mavs? What? Who? How did they? How did D Will leave the Nets? <laughs> they bought him out. They bought him out, but like how how much? How, this year was the last year that they paid him after three. I think they bought him out. I think three years ago. But how how many how many years was left on his contract? Three. They bought out the last three years of his contract. Yeah, it was. It was How the was, hell do I not remember that? Yeah, no, it was huge. It and we finished paying him this year. Okay, uh, twenty million a year. Did, and Joe Johnson too. We bought Joe Johnson out. What? How? Yeah, we bought them all out. <laughs> we bought so, everyone out, dude. We had, we had the worst. That's what I'm saying. We had like it was just like. So you're saying the Sixers should buy out Joel Embiid's contract? I mean, that's the thing. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like they look at the Nets and be like, okay, they had a much worse situation. 
at least we have two superstars that are young. It could be worse. But okay, we we have to be concrete. Like I I think they should explore ways to trade Tobias Harris. Get him off. I don't think anybody is going to trade for Al Horford, dude. Who the hell is going to want no, Al Horford um, on their team with no, that for exactly. that money? That's why you have to attach the pick. That's why what, I'm saying what, any, what pick? Any, that well, that's when that you get from trading Joel and B to the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah great idea. No, not the Warriors, but like, let's say no. I, I would explore ways to get rid of Tobias before I explored ways to get rid of Embiid to get rid of Horford. I would rather be stuck with Horford than stuck with Tobias going forward. I'm a, a total opposite. No, I'd rather no. be stuck with. But, dude, Tobias. your way of getting rid of Horford is to get rid of Embiid or Ben Simmons. My he, way of getting rid of Tobias Harris leaves you with Ben Simmons and Embiid. Tobias is not part of the real issue because he could shoot. Like, no. the, what's the main what's the main problem with the Sixers? The, the main problem with the Sixers is, yeah, I mean, their offense is trash, but their defense is not living up to expectations either. Their defense, that's the thing. It's like, if you don't have the defense, <laughs> at least get some shooters, man. It's fucking 2020. <laughs> I mean, no, God, but my, this hard, Elton Brand. It's not even like you're an old bag. Like, God damn, you're just playing the NBA. Like, I don't even know. Like, the times change so Elton quickly. Brand. He's like, he's not old. He was playing in the he's NBA just, like three years ago. How the hell did he become GM so quick? I don't even know why they would put him as GM. Why is James I, Jones the GM of the Suns? I don't get like, it. Like, when oh, the hell did that happen? Yeah, that is why He's a role player wild. for the Miami Heat, and then he just pops up as a general manager for the Suns. But, okay, but here, here's what I'm saying. If you – I don't know. I would – if you can get rid of Tobias's huge contract, now you have Ben Simmons, you have Tybal, you have Embiid, and you have Horford. Okay, it sucks that you have Horford. I get it. He doesn't fit with Embiid. But it doesn't matter. Just play him 15 minutes a game. Just eat it. You know? You why not why not get someone oh else to, that could fit? You like, you can't so you would fit. rather you would you, this is what you're truly saying. You would rather lose Joel Embiid and Al Horford than lose Tobias Harris. Do you do you, like are you understanding what you're saying? No, I'm saying I'd rather if I were to pick one, I would choose Tobias over so if between the two, Tobias and Al Horford, I'm saying that I would pick. Okay, but um, we're not in a vacuum of who's the better player on the better contract. We're saying if we have to get rid of them, you also have to factor in what do you have to do to get rid of them. I. But then on the flip side, it's like, how the hell do you get rid of Tobias? What team is going to trade for Tobias on that contract? And you have contract, to trade back like equal team. money or close to equal money. We've seen every everybody like like listen who would trade for Wiggins, right? No, but so what I'm saying is okay. That's quote unquote not every contract is tradable. But you you so who who do they trade Tobias for? You have to trade him for somebody who's making a lot of money, or like two players are making a lot of money. Um, like what team is looking like man? We we're a Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris away, like. We better trade this guy from our team so we could get Tobias Harris. I don't really think they should trade Tobias, but okay. Hypothetically, I'm just going to look at, all right, let's see. Uh, like you, the, the Blazers just, wouldn't trade CJ McCollum for Tobias. They wouldn't, you're saying? They wouldn't. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, I don't think so, that would just, that wouldn't really work. It would have to be for a... A underperforming, like, mm, what about okay? 
ah, that wouldn't really work. I was thinking the I was about to say the Pistons for like Blake Griffin or something. Oh, that I mean, would be under- a clusterfuck, though. But he I know would, what you're he saying. Just the Pistons. Um, wow, actually, you know, I mean, if 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 uh, yeah, I don't think the wait a second. What's hilarious is that. The whole the whole way that Blake got onto the Pistons was because they traded Tobias Harris to the Clippers. So, uh, All right, what about the Hawks? John Collins. Like it would have to be someone like a team that's like desperate for attention and relevance. And relevance. But who who are they going to trade on the Hawks to get? They don't really. That's the thing. They don't really have that many um, spicy Evan Turner and a pick. They would have to attach a pick. But how much is Evan Turner? Does that work in the trade machine? Because I don't think Evan Turner even makes like you have to match like eighty percent of the salary or whatever it is. Yeah, no. uh, Alan Crab. They have Alan Crab and Evan Turner, two terrible contracts because they took they took on two. They've been taking on. They've been uh, doing the Nets, um, following Nets lead and taking on bad contracts for picks. Okay, so they took on. I kind of like this trade. I kind of like this trade. Parsons. All right, so oh, gotcha. I'm, not even looking at the, yeah, I'm not even looking at the trade machine. I'm just looking at the roster, but I just know Alan Crabb. Yeah, I'll, wait, I'll bring up Kevin the trade Turner, machine. And um, Chandler Parsons are all making the biggest, the most money. I, I'm pretty sure I remember on a pod, I just randomly said, like, guess who's making the most money in the Hawks? And then it was Chandler Parsons, who's probably making like 20 one million million a year. Okay, uh, so Tobias Harris... Um, it's making thirty two, and you're saying, put, you that probably Evan Turner, just because he can actually play. He's and he's also on. He was on the Sixers. Dude, is Evan Turner even on the Hawks? It says he's on the roster. What team are you looking at? Maybe they're paying his money. He can't. No, he played this year. I think. <laughs> what? You don't see him? Let me see. I don't see him. He's not listed as people who can be traded. Yeah, he's not. And neither is uh He's on the because uh, probably because he's on the Timberwolves. <laughs> if you look at this oh wait, what is this? What are you on like CBS Sports or something? Oh, it's a it's a there was a mid season trade. Okay, so the Sixers have all these guys. I mean the fucking um the Timberwolves. All right, so oh there we go. The Timberwolves. That's actually all right, okay. Switch to the Timberwolves. Timberwolves pivot, pivot. pivot. Let's bring up the T Wolves would be a nice one too. They're like, oh, we got to Yeah, because they just got our, D'Angelo. Oh, that would be they the pukiest big three of all time. D'Angelo, Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns, and, and Tobias. They will probably wouldn't Tobias. even make the playoffs, but whatever. Maybe here. Okay, I uh, like that. Evan Turner can't be traded. It's too soon, technically, in this trade machine. But uh, God damn it, he would work. He would work. He would make that money work. That's very unfortunate. Malik Beasley, I think. Well, I think they're going to sign Malik Beasley, but I don't think you can trade like a guy that you just signed. I think you have to wait like three months. That's what the Clippers did with Blake. Oh, they don't have the contracts to make it work, dude. If they had if, James, if Johnson. James Johnson, James Johnson, and Everett Turner would be able to do it, and then you attach. I would probably do that if I. What I need is if I'm the Sixers that I need money back, like exactly like that. I need like one guy on a two year deal and one guy on a one year deal, basically like a reset. Right, right. Where it's like okay, that's, we're yeah. not going to be, we're going to take a step back for the next year, and then we're going to yeah. get a reset where we still have Ben Simmons, who's like, because they're still so young. 
Yeah, no, that's the thing. That's why it's like such a much better um, situation than the Nets. Like they have, they have two superstars. It's like not, you know, what, what's the the phrase like all is well or whatever that is. It's not. Uh, it's not all is well. Everything is not. I don't know. I don't know. Everything something about well. Me and my wells. Um, shout out to Drake. All is well. Uh, no, no, well, like woeful. It's not all like woeful. All is not all is woeful. I'm just going to type in Google. Maybe there's a phrase that will pop I've up. never heard of this phrase. Woeful? You never heard of woeful? I've heard the phrase woeful. I haven't heard of the common phrase. Not all is woeful, folks. How do you use woeful, woeful in a sentence? I would say like, His man, that, grades that's, were woeful. Yeah, there you go. His grades were woeful. Um, okay. Well, are there any other series we want to talk about the, so yeah, what with the goddamn one? the fucking Nuggets and the Jazz, they man. They just tipped off. I'm watching them on TV. Yeah, I'm watching it too. Mike Conley, how about Mike Conley's resurgence? I'm happy for him. I how- I actually made a big mistake, and um, so I well, we we on the podcast previous to the other one, um, uh, we had a little the little podcast topic. previous to the other one. Yeah, exactly. Do the quick maths, and you'll figure it out. Um. We had a little exchange uh, for Devin Booker. Let's say Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. Who would you take? Yeah. So you side with Devin Booker and I side with Donovan Mitchell. I strongly sided with Devin Booker. You strongly side with Devin Booker. Um, so so there's that. So obviously, like, I'm just going from my perspective. So, And also, the Jazz played better without Mike Conley. Mike Conley was struggling really uh, he was struggling really bad and they played better without him. So going to this game, I mean, I think I said, I kind of, you, you definitely altered my perspective and going to the you know, series, you mean going to the season, going to the series on last pod, basically like, cause everyone says like how good the nuggets are that are championship team. Maybe who the hell says like, that? I have no idea. Didn't you? <laughs> I don't think I said the Nuggets are a championship team. I don't know. I don't know what their whole whole bias is, but essentially it was like the Nuggets really have to beat the Jazz. But yeah, like so I would agree with are, that. The, that's the thing. I just don't see it. The Jazz are good. Like the Jazz are good. Donovan Mitchell, he had 50 poor, 54 points. Rudy Gobert, surprisingly much better on offense than um, what you expect. Paul Millsap, trash. <laughs> Paul Millsap is following the same trajectory as Al Horford. They're, yeah. they're, they're I, I soul brothers. Who'd you have? <laughs> Probably Paul Millsap, honestly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's yeah. tough, but. If he doesn't clog the lane. At least he could, like, I don't know. I just, I hate Al Horford. <laughs> I hate Al Horford. Okay, fair enough. I admit it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I just thought, I mean, the Jazz are down, I think, their second leading scorer, Bogdanovich, from the season. Uh, obviously not their second best player, but he gave them spacing and, and he was a good scorer. And yeah, I think the Nuggets are just a terrible defensive team. I saw, I mean, I've been, I've been hyping up Michael Porter Jr. And, you know, he's, he's good offensively. I saw, I like, I favorited it or liked it, whatever on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but it was like, um, it was a, a play he had in last game, game three. And it was probably one of the worst defensive plays you'll ever see in your entire life. 
and he 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 like crashed down into the paint. Like Rudy Gobert was rolling to the basket, and Michael Porter Jr. is guarding a guy in the far corner, right? So Michael Porter Jr. like shifts over to the lane to like stop to like go guard Rudy Gobert, so he doesn't have like a free alley oop. Okay, all good there. Then I think it's Mike Conley like swings the ball at the top of the key, like he swings it to the other side of the three point line, and Michael Porter Jr. is standing in the middle of the paint, and when he sees the ball traveling outside the three point line across you know, to the other wing, Michael Porter Jr. like lunges out like he's going to steal the ball. It's like, it's it's a jaw-droppingly bad defense. And then he like runs back and he's running in circles. I have to, you know what, I'm, now that we're talking, I'm going to send it to you. But my point is that my hope for him to like be the, the big three, he, he's got to become better defensively. Like the, the Nuggets, I, I think it was Zach Law I was listening to on a podcast. They have like the worst defense in whatever, the NBA in the past like 20 games, even before the seeding game. So... It's it's like, dude, what the hell is going on here? And and he, I'm not a believer in Jamal Murray. Neither yet. am I. Neither am I. He had an incredible win. I think you said he had 54. I thought Mitchell had 57 or something. It was 54. Um, I don't know exactly, but um, it was crazy. But him and Jamal were like going at it back and forth. That was like a great game for Jamal Murray. But I'm if Jamal Murray is your second best player, you're not doing anything, anything. He has to be the third player. Sorry. Also, yeah. I don't think Jokic could be Uh-oh. the best player on the championship. Uh oh. Uh oh. You think he can? I mean, is Jokic the problem? No. I, they don't have enough. They need, you know who they need? Tobias Harris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I would definitely rather have Donovan Mitchell than Jamal Murray. That's interesting. I wonder what the consensus on that is. I think it's Donovan like- Mitchell firmly. Really? Yeah. I don't yeah. think people don't see Jamal Murray like that. Like he got that money though, dude. That's the thing. <laughs> like, what was that contract? What was that contract, dude? That's insane. Three what did he get? Three hundred <laughs> I don't, don't want to say three hundred fifty. That sounds insane. But I know it was I think it was two hundred it was at least two hundred fifty. Yeah, Jamal. I mean that's kinda crazy that Jamal Murray's getting I mean Yoke never made an all star game either. Never even showed us potential. It it reminds me of the Wiggins the, contract. The Wiggins contract. <laughs> like, we're gonna pay you all this money. Hopefully you, you hopefully you get a lot better, man. <laughs> it would I be guess. really nice if you uh, picked it up and, and you improved at, at, at basketball. We'll give you this money just in case. Oh my god! All right, so oh, I'm not even looking. Let me see. Does this have a contract? I'm just looking at his stats. All right, we haven't really dove into his stats, his numbers. Jamal Murray. We're big numbers guys. We're big numbers guys. Jamal Murray. So he's 22 Wait, years old. Wait, hold up. Wait, listen, listen, listen. Doesn't that make you want to step on fucking Elton Brand's fucking neck? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. So this is the – let me just get his contract so I could, you know, put the make a headline out Doesn't of this. Doesn't that make you want to fucking step on Elton Brand's fucking neck? <laughs> 100% fucking Elton Brand. <laughs> Elton Brand, what are you doing? Okay, so five year, hundred seventy million dollars. That's a lot of money. Five years, hundred seventy million dollars. It's like thirty five a, a year. Yeah, it's it's absurd. So this guy this, did shit in his rookie this year. Fucking so guy. That's what. You, that's the numbers for you. Um, did bleh in his second year. So last year, eighteen and five and five on. Below on inefficient shooting numbers, so 18-4 and four really on 
less than 40%, 45% field goal shooting, below average three-point shooting. This year, a little bit higher, um, a little bit better efficiency from the field, but even worse, three-point shooting. I mean, would you pay a guy uh, shooting 18 a game, four rebounds, five assists, 45 <laughs> from the field, and below average from three on, like, mediocre volume, like, five threes? It's not like you're shooting 10 threes on 35, like Luca or whatever, like Harden. Like, this guy's shooting, like, just five threes a game. And I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like, yeah, he's, he's 22. Why the fuck are you giving him that much money? He well, I think the, the alternative is you have to trade him or just let him leave your team. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I, that much money? Really? Uh, no way. I don't think he would have been like he wanted the most he could get, I think. But then was I would have let him go. Well, yeah. Was there I'm like another God. team out there that was going to give him that much money? <sighs> That's the thing. I mean, I, well, that's the thing. I think the Nuggets are able to give him the most amount of money. But does that mean you should give it to no, him? No, I'm saying I'm saying what you're saying. I'm saying that, yeah, yeah, you know, no, was I'm there another that. team out there who is going to pay the Nuggets even close to what – or pay Jamal Murray even close to what the Nuggets are willing to pay him? So it's like, could they – I might have just – I don't know if I would have traded him, but, yeah, that contract, that's a yeah. huge contract. I don't know. Like – like I'll just trade it. I'll build around Jokic, but then there's no guarantee that you're going to draft someone better than him to to pair with Jokic. Because if you have Jokic Mike on Porter. your team, you're not going to. I know Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, uh, it's in hindsight. Well, so though. maybe now you look to trade Jamal Murray now, and we'll really find out if anyone would have paid him that money, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because obviously they would have to take his contract. Um, and look at look at the clip I just sent you uh, on. I just texted it to you. Yeah, Michael Malone, and and look at uh, look at what Michael Porter Jr. He he starts at the bottom left hand of your screen. Just watch him for the whole play. It's it's what I referenced before, like one of the worst defensive plays you'll ever see in your life. Where it's like, dude, is it does this guy have like a brain? Like, does he have like brain issues? <laughs> it's low. Okay, it's just wait wait till he tries yeah. to steal a pass that's like forty feet away from him. You're gonna like be like I don't think I've ever seen anything like that on a basketball court. Oh my god! Did you see it? <laughs> the coach. Wait. Oh yeah, yeah. What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, what is he doing? He. What the fuck was that? He, he like jumps. He like lunges out like he's gonna steal the ball when he's in the paint and the <laughs> ball's in the three point line. What the hell, man? What the fuck was that? And then Michael Malone's like, he literally wants to rip his hair out of his head. Like if you, all right, so people at home who don't have the clip. So the ball is on the wing. Um, the player passes it across. No, not even across, just to the top of the key. And Michael Porter Jr. is basically in the paint about 15 feet away from the, the ball. Like even if he's stretched out, even if, even if there was like three of him, he wouldn't have had a chance to intercept the ball. It was he just like basically just jumped in the air and swung his arm, <laughs> just like somehow thinking he had a chance. Like it's not even it's not even close. It's not. Even it's close. not even close to being close. I don't even know. Like this is it's and then like he, he like he, runs he, in a yeah. circle. Like he takes the <laughs> longest possible path towards his man. I don't. Really, I, that's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Like why? What? What in your brain like triggers that? It's like. I should just jump out. Like, 
He reacted so fast to it, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like if he used those quick instincts in the right way, he could be something on defense. Like if he did, because it's like once the ball gets swung, he needs to head back to his man in the corner. Like because he left his man to go help. Now the ball is getting swung. You need to get closer to your man because the ball is on your side of the court now. Instead, he so, tries to steal the ball and then like runs towards the ball. I guess this is why like they praise high players with such high basketball IQ. But honestly, does it really take that much no, basketball no. IQ to understand how basketball works? You just need to, you you just need to have it? not have like a negative IQ. Like, yeah, and he, that play is a like, negative IQ play. Oh my god, off the off the Richter scale. I don't even know. I, ugh, unbelievable. And then like he then obviously his man's open in the corner, so he go dives and goes try to and, block and, the but shot. Tell me if I'm wrong. His recovery is great. It is. He actually gets there pretty quick, but obviously he got pump faked out of his shoes um, uh, for the shot in the corner. I think, he, and he hit the he hit the three. <laughs> he hit the three, of course. So I mean, you you could see in that horrific play, you could see the potential for like a defensive player who could like be a, a neutral at least. You know, maybe not a positive, but you're like, you know, this guy has the physical tools where he should be able to be okay at defense. It's just like maybe it takes a while to explain it to him. And I'm looking at Jokic's numbers for this series. He's putting up 24, 9, and 5. Those assist numbers are down, man. And his rebounding is down. Rudy Gobert is putting the clamps on him. Absolutely, man. That's why it's a night matchup nightmare. Like if you were to if you were to put anyone on Jokic, you put fucking Gobert. And, you know, that's what we're seeing. It's a bad matchup for the Nuggets. Like, they have terrible defense. The Nuggets, like, listen, I mean, the Jazz, I th- I just think they're, they're a better team um, just because they have really good defense and they can score. They could, they could, they can score. The Nuggets, um, they just, they can't play defense. So it's like, yeah, and they're, they're uh, missing the Nuggets, in, in, in their defense. I mean, the Jazz are missing Bogdanovich. The, the um that the that's against them. yeah no no I'm saying that. the Nuggets are missing Will Barton and Gary Harris which is like I know I know they're not like oh, I hate Gary Harris they're oh, not superstar players but that's part of their defense I mean Gary Harris Gary is good Harris. defensively he forgot how to shoot Will Barton is, is at least a theoretical three and day guy even though it's very theoretical Gary Harris is like what is your beef like, with Gary Harris, dude? I feel like Gary Harris, so he's not even well known enough to be like hated. Oh no, he's like I don't know, in whatever community that I follow, he's like supposed to be like just this potentially like not Ray Allen, like I can't think of like the player profile, but just like this elite knockdown three point shooter who should be averaging, you know, twenty a game. I mean, he showed some flashes, uh Two years ago, he averaged 17 and a half and shot 40% on six attempts. For which three, is great. Which is great. And then he just died uh, the last two years. Uh, awful. Like thir- 13 a game, 10 a game. Like, oh, God. And look at his shooting uh, numbers. His shooting numbers. Three. Awful. Uh, 34 and 33, respectively. Yeah, it's like, what the hell uh, happened, man? I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's a mental thing, but pretty much. I, I don't know. He's supposed to be also because I kept drafting him, drafting him, and and oh, fantasy. here we go. Now the truth is coming so, out. The truth is coming out. I literally, I was just like every year he's just like supposed to be like the breakout pick, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm getting all the Gary Harris shares. Like, I, like he fits the profile. Like, you know, um, 
six five shooting guard, somewhat athletic, and could knock down threes and you know create his own shot a little bit. And he just he just sucks. He just can't do it. He just cannot break out. And I am out on Gary Harris Jr. And that, yeah, that's that's it for Gary Harris. Like I, they gotta trade him. They tr- they should trade it for Tobias. I would love actually Tobias on the Jazz. Tobias is on the Jazz would be a nice a nice look. I don't know what they would trade to get him though. They would have to give up, you know, one of the like Joe Ingles. I would like Joe no, Ingles on on the Sixers. Core of the Jazz. Yeah, uh, they would have to be one of the Bojans or just Bojan in general. I would I would um, I would uh I would kind of like that for both teams almost. I would have to see what his contract is, but like he's a shooter, scorer. He gives the Sixers a little juice, and yep. okay. And then here, let me kind of like that trade. Let's see. Because um, the thing is that Bojan is extreme. Like he's the guy who will score twenty five a game and literally get zero assists. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and at least like Tobias can score twenty five a game, but he'll get you eight rebounds and a couple assists. So he's more well rounded, and he's oh, well, I think I think Tobias is like an inch taller. But he's he's a bigger build for sure, um, so I think he would actually fit. He would he's not as I mean Bojan has been phenomenal from three, but he wasn't like that like on the Nets like he, he was always supposed to be amazing from three, and he just like kind of just eh, like thirty six percent just off. The, the Jazz don't have the contracts unless they yeah. include. Uh, Joe Ingles, and I don't think they would trade Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich yeah. for Tobias Harris. No, not both of them. That would I would be, love that trade good. for the Sixers, though. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. That'll be a step in the right direction for sure. Um, but yeah, obviously, it doesn't make sense for the Jazz. Um, I would like a trade for the Jazz. They, I feel like they have a lot of guys that do like one thing. You know, it's like all right, so. Well, Donovan Mitchell is really good, like scoring. He's like he's the All Star. You have Gobert, who's really good at defense and can score a little bit. Then you have Bojan, who's strictly good at scoring. Joe Ingles is kind of like versatile, but he's like, you know, he's fine. Like I feel like they need one. They need well, basically, what I'm, what I'm saying is that they need another star. They need another star yeah. or like Chris Middleton. That would be that would be a very nice. Well, I keep saying Chris Middleton's like the perfect fit. I don't really like him that much. Yeah, but I know but, he fits. He's like the D. He's the three, but he could also get his yeah. own offense. It's like, yeah, yeah, but then it's like, do you really like having him? You know, I don't know. The, I don't trust the, him. But yeah, really. do you trust him? Exactly. That's a that's a better he, way to put it. I hell is he? I don't think he's been doing that well. Um, speaking of Chris Middleton, I'm, I'm checking uh checking Mike Conley's stats. So if you want to look up his stats, I mean, okay, so the first thing, okay. The first thing people ask on Google, number one question is Chris Middleton. Good. <laughs> Everyone's still right. trying to find out. No, yeah, we, we still don't know. I mean, how about right. Mike Conley and his, his one game putting up 27 points and, and four assists yeah. and hitting seven out of eight threes. You know, look, if that's, that keeps up, if, if Mike Conley could actually be, you know, 85% of what we expected Mike Conley to be, you know that's that's a positive. Yeah, no, because I mean, m- listen, Mike Conley was. I, I love that trade. Um, I thought everyone loved that trade. Actually, yeah, that was it, honestly perfect trade. It was it, perfect. Honestly, just perfect. You know, the Jazz needed a facilitator and a three-point shooter at that position. But they didn't want to give up the defense. Like, yeah, that exactly. And uh, Conley just fit all the 
um, all that criteria, all the conditions. And honestly, I just think he was hurt. I don't think he's washed. Uh, I think he's too young for that, especially for a guard. We've seen guards play a bit later um, into their, their prime than, you know, let's say like a big man, which is also why I'm down on Horford. Um, so I think Conley, I think Conley can be healthy. If he's healthy right now, listen, we have that long layoff. A lot of these players that may have had uh, injuries that have lingered, you know, they, they might be healthy. Um, so I'm looking at, oh, wow, Chris Melton. First game, 14 points. Second game, two points in 30 minutes. Uh, last <laughs> game, 17 points. I mean, geez, man. All under like 40% shooting. So he's been awful. He's been straight up Wait, awful. I thought the Bucks were up 3-1. No, not. Wait, what? what how much? What? Oh, wait, you know, he's. Did he miss a game? Because it says he's only played three. No, no, it's not three one. It's two one. Wait, it's two one because they play tomorrow. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think, I think I don't even know what the fuck we were talking about to be honest. Chris Middleton. Oh, the Jazz. I think. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, who knows, man? I mean, this is an even game in the first quarter. I wouldn't count the Nuggets out of this series. They're only down two one. I mean, they got blown out in Game Three, but yeah. That's the thing. It's like, it's like, all right. So if the games are close, but then there's one blowout, you have to favor the team that blows the team. Yeah, out. yeah, of course, of course. So it, it feels like that. It really feels like the Jazz are just the better team. Like they just, and it feels like the Nuggets are trying to play catch up. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. A, I mean, my pick of of Nuggets in five is obviously abandoned, but I'm not, I'm not abandoned in the Nuggets quite yet to to win the series. But what about okay. so? I'm, I'm gonna flip. I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna say Jazz and six. Okay. Um. What about? I think the two. See, I mean, we don't have to talk about Nets Raptors. I mean, the Nets got swept, but this is not really they their team. They put up a fight. They put up a fight. I saw Kyle Lowry left with an ankle injury. Hopefully, that's not too serious. Yeah, he left the left the the bubble. Like he just. Well, actually, I guess I don't really know. Understand like what type of locker room situation and like the medical there, because obviously it's not like an NBA arena where they have like dedicated um, medical attention areas. So maybe in that bubble, they have like a, a iffy one and they just have a, a dedicated one somewhere off campus or whatever you want to call it. So that's why, because he literally left the entire arena. I don't know if that's normal. No, dude, the, um, the, you can leave the arena and be at, I, okay, I know what you're saying. There's probably, you're right. There's probably somewhere they could get MRIs and stuff on. There's definitely somewhere on in the bubble they could get MRIs, but probably like you said, not in the arena. Um, but yeah, so I think Raptors Celtics is going to be an off, off, awesome series. It's too bad that uh, Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. is hurt and it's probably going to miss uh, probably not maybe not all that series, but definitely in the first few games. But that's going to be a sick series. Um, what about uh, we could talk about Lakers Blazers or Rockets okay. Thunder? Um, I guess we'll talk. Uh, I mean, either one. They're really. I mean. We talked like a, a big chunk out of the other ones, but we could do a short summary. Yeah. And then, we can't really do a preview because they're not done. We're not done yet. So, um, besides like the Celtics and Raptors. So, yeah. So, uh, LeBron, playoff Braun showed up. He had like 38 points and 13 assists. AD showed up too. We had a monster stat line. They just blew out the Trailblazers. Um, it looked like the Trailblazers are tired and it's about time. Um, cause they, they did look 
good the first two games and you kind of got a little bit worried there but um you know i just don't it would be hard to see the trailblazers upset lebron i'm just saying like lebron just because like he listen if once he literally actually loses in that first round once he doesn't actually go to the finals for once besides um last year i'm excluding last year just because it was just like an outlier it's kind of weird that that even happened like doesn't that feel so weird it, like yeah, LeBron really was on a Lakers like team and they didn't make the playoffs. Like what the, did that even, was that even real? Are we sure that even happened? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that team was God, God, right. Awful. Well, and he had groin injuries and shit. So, I mean, I think the positive thing, like you said, is that playoff LeBron showed up. He showed up last game. He, he made his arrival because the game number one, he had that crazy stat line, you know, 2015, 15, nobody's ever had that. But I just felt, I mean, AD was, and the, and the shooting was the main reason why the Lakers lost, but that wasn't full-on playoff LeBron, in my opinion. But last night, because I wanted to see him, I, I felt like I had maybe conspiracy theory in my head that his groin was an actual legit issue um, based off some of the ways that he was moving. But I, what my point is I needed to see him score a high-scoring game. You know, we all know LeBron could get 12 assists. You know, he could grab some rebounds. I needed to see if they're going to win the finals, LeBron's going to be needed to score in you can at least need to have some games in the high 30s, and that's what he did. He had 38. He could have had 40-something but missed a bunch of free throws, as did the whole Lakers team. But AD also responded uh, after his terrible game one, back-to-back strong game. So that was good to see from him. I think the Lakers, I mean, they should – maybe they win it in six, but this this series should be over, you know. So I think uh, – and, and then looking, I mean, with the Ro- Rockets' thunder, it's like – so the Rockets are up 2-1 – the game three was sick with with Chris Paul bowling out. I think it, it's it kind of it's it is impressive that the Rockets are up two one, and even the first two games were, you know, you know the Rockets were comfortably the better team with with, with Russ hurt. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're doing this without Russ, and people forget that um, the the Rockets don't have a center. I I, I wonder if people remember that. This is like experimental. Like we've never seen this before. They do not have a guy over six eight on the court at any time, at any time, and they are going up against Steve Adams, who is a quality center. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I love watching the Rockets play. That's probably my second favorite team besides the Nets. Uh, I just, especially now, I just love seeing the experimental, small ball, just fast pace. I love watching James Harden play. Um, you know, they're just, it's always exciting. It's always exciting. Uh, D'Antoni's a good coach and can't wait to get Russ back. Once, I mean, once they, I mean, the thing they lost, they lost, it was a great game. Um, the, I think it was the Saturday night. So last night, um, James Harden fouled out in OT. So, you know, he couldn't work his magic. So, Thunder took advantage and they got the win. You know, you know that's what you have to do, and you know they did it. So they took care of business on that on that end. But I don't see if Russ uh, shouldn't Russ be back this series. Uh, no, I mean he has like the quad strain or whatever. I don't. I didn't see anything about him coming back this series. Okay, so I still think that the Rockets are just going to pull it out. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much. That's my analysis. I mean, I love Shea. Uh, I love CP. It's a great story, but I don't even want to see them advance just because they just don't have it. They don't have enough to 
Like they would just get killed by whatever other whatever team makes it. And um, I want to see James Harden potentially go for a championship because I mean every team looks vulnerable. That's the thing. Like the talk has been, you know, the Warriors have quote unquote spoil us, where every team like they just looked invincible. Like the favorite looked invincible. Every team looks beatable, and we are seeing that with the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks. All these teams already have a loss, and it's only been like three games. And, you know, the Clippers series is tied. The Lakers have lost the game. Um, you know, any, anything is possible. Anything uh, is possible. Anything is possible. Um, I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets won the entire thing. Okay. I mean, a bit of a hot take, but I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, things could easily fall away. Like they could beat the Lakers. I think they could beat the Clippers. You know, I'm not saying they will. I still think that LeBron is LeBron and Kawhi is Kawhi. That's the thing. Like James, I think, you know, James Harden is just, isn't as good as those guys. He's amazing. He's amazing, but he's not as good as those guys. And I would say that if if the Rockets were in the East, though, I would say that the Rockets could beat the Bucks. Would beat the Bucks. Really? That's what I would say. Yeah, the Bucks have been struggling. Um, Giannis balled out, but they've been they were bad in the bubble. They really haven't like bounced back in the playoffs. Like, like when I say bounce back, just like looked amazing, like consistently. Like they lost to the Magic. Magic are not good. They are not good. That's not what you want to see from what you wanted to see is do you want to see them uh the magic already gone? Pretty okay, much. but I mean I get what you're saying, but they they beat them by fifteen and then fourteen in the past two games. But still I know but they still. should have swept them is what you're saying. Yeah, like they 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 should have came out angry and they lost that first game after going three and five in the bubble and really struggled. I think you so that's like a Warning sign, I, and Chris Middleton has been sucking. Yeah, Giannis's numbers are insane. Yeah, Giannis is going to get his. It's the rest of the team that I'm worried. Yeah, about. Yeah, I think, and Eric Bledsoe, he's coming back from coronavirus, and he playoff playoff, playoff Bledsoe playoff. is making his his annual appearance, uh, <laughs> which is uh, not good for for Bucks fans. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think we we covered most of it. You want to do a quick Yankees talk for like five minutes, and then get out of here. Yeah, so pretty much everyone on the Yankees is, and hurt. that's Yankees talk. Um, yeah, so no, I mean, really, it's like since since we have talked since last week, is it? I I don't know if we mentioned, but Judge is on the injured list, but he's coming back. Glaber went on to the injury list. Uh, DJ went on to the injury list. Uh, Canley's out for the season. I think we might have mentioned that. Uh, Paxton is on the injured list with like a forearm. They thought it might be Tommy John, but apparently, you know, he he, he should be able to just rest and maybe it'll feel better or whatever. Uh, then um, uh, Zach Britton went on to the injured list. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, and then when you factor in even Severino being hurt, it's just like what the hell. And you factor in Stanton being on the injured list too. It's uh, it's a lot to handle. I think they might actually still be. And then they got their series, uh, the Subway series this weekend, which would have been fun to watch. It got canceled because the Mets got the Rona. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I actually was like kind of looking forward to that. that yeah, was, I mean, well, it would have more fun if everyone was healthy. There, uh, yeah. the nobody really in the um, sorry, God, Google is just so annoying. Um, nobody really in the in the AL is really running away with it. 
Like the Yankees are one game behind in the AL East and they've been slacking. And like we said, their entire team's hurt. But if you look at it, like the best record in the AL is the A's. They're 20 and nine. Yankees are 16 and nine. Like if they win four straight, they've played four less games than the A's is my point. And it's like the Yankees are playing with like their B team right now. So I'm still, I'm still confident. Like, like until, so in terms of season ending injuries, if we're excluding Severino, which he should count, uh, it's really Canely right now. And maybe Paxton's season is like sort of teetering. Uh, but everyone else, like hitters, no, no hitters out for the season, which is good. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet for, for Yankees. I mean, in good news, the, the Astros are 15 and 13. But it, and they got swept by the Slam Diego the Padres. Slam Diego Padres. I mean, but the Astros are second in their division, so they would be in the playoffs if they ended today. But how about the Padres? I mean, not, not that we need to spend 10 minutes on the Padres, but everyone said, uh, you know, I really wanted the Yankees to sign Machado. I, I was pretty clear about that, but they ended up with DJ, you know, whatever. And then they got Garrett Cole. Uh, but everyone talked about him like he was going to the wilderness, you know, just, just doing it for the money. And right, he was right, just right. going to toil away in obscurity. And then meanwhile, the, the Padres are like one of the most exciting teams in baseball right now. They would be in the playoffs if it ended today. They're in second place in the NL West. Yeah, I mean, they when you think of like like power hitters, you think of, I mean, of course, like obviously we're Yankee fans, but you actually do think of Judge and Stan. You think of guys like Nelson Cruz. You don't really think of like Fernando Tatis um, and Machado and Jake Cronesworth and Eric Hosmer. These guys are just hitting grand slams. Like, what the fuck? It's just insane. Like, it, it, the, the power that they're displaying is just you, unmatched. You, you want to know something crazy? I Because I was talking to Mike about uh, Tatis, and he said something, uh, and I, I felt the same way. How, how tall, without looking, do you think Tatis is? Um... Six three. Wow, you sniped it. Damn. So my point was going to be that when I look at Tatis, I'm like, how the hell does he generate so much power? When I thought he was like six foot. But then Mike was surprised when I said he was six foot three. But it's like, he, he is a big guy. You know, six three, they list him as 185. Uh, okay, maybe that's a little on yeah. the skinnier side for someone who's six three. But it's like, he's not, it's not like he's, you know, Jose Altuve out there. So, but yeah, I mean, he's this guy's like I remember when when Machado signed with the Padres people who actually know more about baseball than than I do were like oh they got this prospect coming up Tatis Jr like that left side of the infield could be like the you know best young left side of the infield in baseball for a while to come and it's it's uh coming to fruition so yeah I'm not sure if people uh, listen Tatis is pretty much he's gonna win the MVP if he keeps this up yeah yeah, I, I don't think people saw this so quickly. Like they thought he was really good, but I don't think they saw him being this good. Like he is just tearing the ball up, and you know he's playing good defense. He's just phenomenal. Um, Juan Soto is actually also doing phenomenal, and these guys are like fucking twenty-one years old. It's really it's crazy. I mean, let's see, Tatis has twelve homers, twenty-nine RBIs. And he's hitting 314 in 30 games. So almost like half the games he's hitting in a home run. And then every game he's getting an RBI. It's pretty, pretty fucking impressive. Machado has eight home runs, eight home runs in 30 games. That's pretty good. Uh, Will Myers is solid. Like their team isn't bad. They're pitching. Uh, you know, they, they just don't really have good pitching. 
besides outside of Chris Paddock. Zach Davies isn't great, but you know, they they're right now at the moment, they're the hottest team and the most exciting team. Um regarding like fancy baseball, I am totally avoiding all pitchers against the uh, the Padres right now. They're way too hot. And yeah, I mean they're you know, it's it's an awesome scene. Like five five, I think it was five. I think I'm not sure if they did they play tonight? Padres? Yeah, I'm wondering if they did another. I mean, no, they played today and they won. The, but they, they didn't hit a grand slam. The streak. Machado ended. hit a home run though. He did it. Okay, well he hit a home run. Well, that ends like five games of hitting a grand slam. Like that's that's just crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's just crazy. Um, never. We'll probably never see that again, at least in a lifetime. So, we are witnesses. LeBron, Nike. And and w- oh, one more thing, how about this? Mike told me that uh, Tatis's dad, Fernando Tatis, hit two grand slams in the same inning. Wow! Is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard? Imagine hitting two grand slams in the same inning. What the hell is that? <laughs> I mean, two home runs is, is amazing. Two home runs in the same two inning is like slams. the coolest thing ever. And then it's just That's two like grand so slams. Hard. What the hell? Eight RBIs That's in the same inning. Wow. So shout out to him. Yeah. Shout out to all the dads. Shout out to the dads. Shout out to the dads. I can't even think of a dad joke. Shout out to the dads chefing it up on the grill, mowing the lawn, you know. <laughs> Taking the daughters to soccer practice. Gotta love it. Jazz right now are down by three, but you heard it here first. Jazz in six. Kevin saying. Nuggets in Nuggets. seven, baby. Just like I said Nuggets from the start. Yeah, yeah, we're just gonna. That's it. That's all it is. Um, Donovan Mitchell for playoff MVP behind Luca, and I think that's pretty much it. That's all we got time for. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, we're gonna end it here, and more action, more action coming to you uh, next week. So, tune in, tap in, do your thing. Shout out to our millions of followers and don't forget to like and retweet and favorite and do all that jazz. So, yeah. All right. Good stuff. All right. Peace.